Welcome to Knowledge on the Go, the podcast brought to you by the PI Collaboratives team at Vizient. I'm Shannon Hill, Performance Improvement Program Director here at Vizient and your host for this podcast. Today, we are looking at innovative technologies for rapid diagnosis of sepsis. Sepsis is a major cause of death and represents a substantial healthcare burden. According to the National Institutes of Health, sepsis accounts for 6.2% of total hospital costs in the United States. A medical emergency where time is critical, and according to the Centers for Disease Control, sepsis alone has a mortality rate of around 10%. However, if advanced to septic shock, the mortality rate increases to around 40%. We know early identification of sepsis is key, and several advances have come about recently, which is what we'll talk about today. As part of a PI collaborative, we recently invited Dr. Joe Cummings, Technology Program Director here at Vizient, to update participants on recent technology innovations in the field of rapid diagnostics for sepsis. Dr. Cummings, thank you for joining us today. As we look at sepsis and the technology landscape, what do you see? Thank you, Shannon. There's quite a lot going on in this area. What we're seeing now are dozens of companies developing new tests for sepsis with a lot of new techniques coming out, especially just in the last few years. Some of these new tests have some important new features and differentiators like the specimen type. I'd say there are a lot more tests now designed to work on a whole blood sample rather than a sample from the blood culture bottle or from plated media. And because of this, they're going to be much faster for results. There are some differences in the type of result that they give too. For instance, does it give you a rapid yes-no biomarker for sepsis or is it pathogen identification or is it a full antimicrobial susceptibility profile? I think the trend here is towards a lot of new tests focusing on pathogen ID, but there's really a lot of work going on for all the different types. And of course, there are some very different classes of technology that work using some very different and novel new methodologies. These include some new methods for mass spectrometry, magnetic resonance for various different forms of PCR, fluorescence hybridization is also improving, and there's a lot of new techniques involving genome sequencing and genome microarrays. But I think the bottom line is that so far there is no ideal sepsis test yet. So a combination of the available tests is still needed to diagnose sepsis, and even then the combo still has some significant clinical limitations. I think you hinted at it, but why are they developing all these new tests? Is it because of problems with conventional testing? Yeah, there are lots of potential issues and limitations with the current sepsis testing paradigm. And most of these, I think, revolve around the inherent problems with blood culturing. For example, blood cultures are known to be affected by antimicrobials that you might have been given at some time before they did the test. And some pathogens are really hard or even impossible to grow in standard cultures. Probably, most importantly, blood culturing is a slow test. They often take maybe 12 to 24 hours to turn positive, and in the meantime, the septic patient keeps getting worse and worse. T2DX, that was a particularly interesting technology that you mentioned when you spoke to our sepsis collaborative participants. Can you tell us a little more about that? Yeah, so the T2DX device is a benchtop laboratory instrument that we also have available on an innovation contract here at Vizient. One of the interesting things about this test is it uses a really novel diagnostic technology based on magnetic resonance, just like the imaging technique. But in this case, the magnetic resonance works by detecting clustering of these paramagnetic nanoparticles that have been engineered to bind to specific pathogens. So these particles can identify some common sepsis, fungal, and bacterial panels And the test also uses a whole blood sample, so it's fast. And the company also has an emergency use authorization for this device for a COVID test, too. 
But I'd say the major advantage in terms of sepsis is that it's one of the most rapid tests available now, giving you sample to pathogen ID results as fast as about three to five hours. And so the comparative timing difference with this test compared to conventional methods can be pretty large too. Depending on your current sepsis diagnostic workup and maybe the type of infection, this test could give you the ID results up to a day or so faster than with conventional blood culturing. And it's pretty user-friendly too. There's no sample prep. The instrument's fully automated and you just kind of load and go. As I hear about this testing, one of the first thoughts that comes to my mind is cost. If this is an add-on test and you continue to use conventional testing at the same time, it seems like you're going to to also be incrementally adding testing costs. Are there any options available to help with the cost of this test? So the bacterial panel is actually covered by CMS under its new technology add-on payment program which is kind of a new program that CMS has that's intended to promote the uptake of innovative technology. And the T2 bacterial panel was actually the first in vitro diagnostic test to ever receive this new tech add-on payment reimbursement starting back in about 2019 and has now been continued through fiscal year 2021 at least. And according to the new tech add-on payment rules, which are kind of complicated, hospitals can still recoup about 65% of the average price of the T2 bacteria panel. And that's in addition to the DRG payment reimbursement. So that helps with the incremental cost of the test. The T2 fungal panel, on the other hand, it doesn't typically have any direct reimbursement, but there is some data in the literature showing that it can potentially pay for itself by reducing the use of costly antifungal drugs that maybe weren't needed because it wasn't a fungal infection in the first place. And then there's also that potential for some long-term cost savings due to better outcomes and the subsequent reduced resource utilization. So since antimicrobial susceptibility testing, or AST, is probably even more important clinically than organism ID, what are the options for rapid antimicrobial susceptibility testing? Well, another diagnostic technology that we have on Vizient Contract is called Accelerate Pheno. And again, this is a fully automated benchtop lab instrument, but the device combines rapid pathogen ID with a completely automated antimicrobial susceptibility analysis. And this is for a common panel of sepsis pathogens and antimicrobials. But with the rapid susceptibility results you get from this device, you can theoretically get from the initial broad-spectrum empiric therapy to the optimal targeted therapy much faster. And being able to do this is the reason why most clinicians will say that AST results are, in fact, more important than just pathogen ID. As for the timing, the test still requires a positive blood culture, so there's going to be a delay for that. But after the blood culture turns positive, you get ID results by fluorescence in about an hour and a half, and you get your AST results in about seven hours. So this AST result timing is one of the fastest available right now. And again, depending on your current practices and technologies, this could be days faster than you're currently providing for AST at your hospital. Well, wow, that's great. The difference of days until you know the optimal antimicrobial therapy, it seems like it would have to help with patient outcomes. What does the clinical evidence show for rapid ASC? Well, as expected, there's a lot of evidence available that demonstrates timing outcomes, like faster pathogen ID and faster time to AST. For example, there's a couple of randomized controlled trials that showed AST results were about 30 to 40 hours faster using this test compared to the conventional methods that were being used at the study hospitals. Analysis of workflow type outcomes have also shown that using the test, you can get things like a faster time until the first antibiotic modification, a faster time to definitive therapy, and probably really important to sepsis patient improved outcomes 
is that in those patients who need it, it provides a faster time to antibiotic escalation. A shorter hospital length of stay has also been shown in some studies, but a truly definitive effect on sepsis, morbidity, mortality outcomes, though kind of hinted at in some of the studies, I think it still requires a little more rigorous proof. Dr. Cummings, as you look to the future, what do you see on the horizon for rapid sepsis diagnosis? I see a lot of new sepsis tests in development, some using some really unique technologies. And I think these will really continue to reduce the turnaround time for results. I'm very hopeful that it may be within the next five years or so, we'll even get down to a golden hour sepsis test. So one that can provide a definitive sepsis diagnosis with pathogen ID in less than an hour from presentation. And then maybe the AST results possibly within about three hours after presentation. I think these timeframes would undoubtedly be very important clinically. And another future technology that I've been watching closely is metagenomics for infectious disease testing. A lot of folks think that this is really the future of infectious disease testing. And uh, to some extent, it's already here. For example, there's a metagenomic assay called the Carius test that's currently available. That's actually being used now in a number of children's hospitals, and it's also been studied in a sepsis cohort. But basically, these metagenomic tests use a blood sample. So right now, you ship that sample off to a specialty lab for analysis. But in the future, I think you might be able to do that in-house. And what they're looking for in that sample is cell-free DNA fragments in the blood. So for an infection, some of the DNA in that blood sample is going to come from the pathogen. Just as part of its normal life cycle, you'd expect pathogens to die. And when they do, some of their DNA is going to end up in the bloodstream. So this DNA from the pathogen is detectable in very small quantities, even if it isn't a full-blown bloodstream infection. Then back at the lab, they use these fast, high-tech, next-generation sequencing machines to sequence all of the DNA that they find in that sample. And they use some methods to subtract out the vast majority of the DNA because it's going to be of human origin. And then they compare the sequences that are left to a reference library of pathogen DNA. And from that, you can identify the cause of infection. So this method has some really important advantages compared to conventional testing. For starters, you don't need a pretest hypothesis for the type of infection like you do for PCR tests and panels. What I mean by this is, say, right now, if you suspect COVID, you do a COVID PCR test. But the COVID PCR test doesn't test for anything but the COVID virus. So in contrast, this method tests for all of the thousands of potential sepsis pathogens at once, including some of those rare ones and the ones that are hard to grow in blood culture. So you'd expect the diagnostic yield to be significantly higher for this test than conventional tests. And this has actually been shown in one sepsis clinical study. One of the other advantages of this test is that it uses a blood sample obtained by phlebotomy. In those cases, you know, where there's an infection, for example, in the lungs or the heart, you typically need to do an invasive biopsy to determine the cause of infection. And in the metagenomic test, you don't need to do an invasive procedure because you're just using the blood sample. And that could be a really important advantage in some of those very sick patients who just might not be able to tolerate an invasive procedure. Also, right now, it's a fairly expensive test to do because of the shipping out to the lab and the high-tech devices that they're using and the reagents, but it may not cost as much as the biopsy procedure costs. So there could be some positive financial implications with this technology as well. So as you can see, I think clinical metagenomics is a really interesting technology that'll be applied to sepsis diagnosis in the future. I think we'll be hearing a lot more about it. Okay. We've covered a lot today. Any last words you would say to hospitals that are looking to improve sepsis testing paradigms? 
I guess I just like them to know that there are some very interesting new rapid sepsis tests currently available. And there's a lot more in development that'll likely be available soon. And some of these tests have shown in studies to pretty dramatically reduce the turnaround times for results. So because of this, these tests could potentially help them in their sepsis performance improvement initiatives. Therefore, it might be valuable, I think, for hospitals to step back, take a look at their current sepsis diagnostic paradigms, and to honestly determine if they have some weaknesses in this area. And if they do, they may be able to justify implementing some of these new tests that we talked about today in different sepsis scenarios at their hospital. That's great insight. It sounds like we have some good advances for sepsis testing coming down the pike. Yep, definitely stay tuned. Thanks to Dr. Joe Cummings for speaking with us today and to you for listening. For visiting his PI Collaboratives team, I'm Shannon Hill. Please join us for more knowledge on the go. Subscribe today, like us, and send us your comments at PI Collaboratives at Vizientinc.com. Inc.